0: I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. You're a wizard, Harry. Mr. Deville, I'm ready for my close-up. No, that was the most fun I've ever had without laughing. May the fourth be with you. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Is that problem, officer? Like tears in the rain. You're gonna need a bigger. you would need a bigger. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 48 of the Stage Door Podcast, recorded on February 2nd, 2017. I'm your host, Maria Roboli, and this week I'm reviewing Split, Sneaky Pete, *Z*, the beginning of everything, and I'm discussing my Oscar predictions, plus you guys are back with your reviews from the pews. So grab your popcorn, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Hello, guys. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to the Stage Door Podcast. Please have a seat, grab some popcorn, just enjoy. Um, Again, this week, I saw quite a few things, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it with you guys, because um, I know one is probably going to be a controversial one, but uh, just, uh, you know, it is what it is. So I'm just going to jump right into it. So... I went to see Split, the latest movie by M. Night Shyamalan. Now, before I even get to it, um, I just want to say that I followed his career at the beginning. I enjoyed The Sixth Sense, even though I figured out the ending while watching it. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, and I did enjoy Unbreakable. After that, I kept trying. I remember seeing uh, signs and be like... Ah, uh, okay, but okay, maybe he had a bad one, so I gave him another chance with the the village, and I was like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> and I remember seeing um, the lady in the water. I think I saw parts of it. I, I I my memory completely deleted from my um, from my mind. It's gone. But that's when I decided that I will never I will never watch one of his movies again. I was just it it was just not for me, and. And also, I remember trying to watch Wayward Pines on TV. And he was the executive producer. And he directed one episode. But the whole show was very much his style. So as you can imagine, I did not enjoy that show. (laughs) So when Split came out, I kind of had zero interest in seeing it. And, you know, the trailer looked okay. But I just, I wasn't into it. But I've heard so many great reviews. And also... I felt a responsibility with the podcast. So I went. And I went with Kara, our own Kara Ray, the lovely woman who did the the logo and the website for us. So uh, she was very excited to see it and I was like, All right, let's let's try it. Now, right now, this very moment after seeing the movie, I know for a for a fact that no matter what, I will never go see one of his movies again. So I'm actually saying it here out loud, so it's it's a reminder for myself as well. So let's start from the top, and uh, I'm trying not to give too much away, but th- there's gonna be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, and if you for whatever reason you still want to go see it, uh, just know that during this review there are a few spoilers. So you're uh, be aware of it. Um, so at the beginning, the story is just it's the story of these three girls. They're getting kidnapped by this man played by uh, James McAvoy, who suffers from multiple personalities disorder, and he lives with tw- I think twenty three yeah twenty three other personalities in his body. Now I've always been fascinated with this topic. I do actually remember seeing a video of a woman with multiple personalities, and she the woman was legally blind as well, of course, as all her personalities but one one of them was able to read and see her sight was perfect no doctor could really explain that other than you know the power of your mind so again i find the whole topic truly truly fascinating and i do want to say that i think james mcavoy did a good job <clears throat> excuse me it's it's a tough role and you know he brought some some interesting choices um also we see betty buckley as his therapist and and she was lovely I haven't really seen her in something in quite some time. And if the name doesn't sound familiar, she was the mother in Eight Is Enough. And of course, Miss Collins and Carrie. Uh, But I remember growing up in Italy and watching Eight Is Enough all the time. So, so of course, as soon as I saw it, I was like, (laughs) oh, and she does a lovely job. Now, from the very beginning of the movie, it just it feels like a combo of too many things. It's not really focusing on something specific. It goes from his therapy sessions to the kidnapping, but it feels like it stays on the surface every time. It's not really developing a strong storyline. Now, also, towards the beginning, one of the girls tries to escape, and she's running in this basement kind of place you know with the hot pipes and it actually reminded me of the the basement run with the Freddy Krueger and and Nancy for you know a little bit he had a different feel it's not the exact shots but you know it kind of had that feel but I have to say what truly bothered me was the huge camera shadow on her face as she was running and it, it was just for a few seconds but unbearable to watch for me as a director i couldn't i couldn't believe he used that take i really I, I was stunned um and there were a lot of technical things that were just really off and, and for me they just they made the movie look very amateurish for example the lead girl played by um what's her name anya taylor joy always has perfect makeup on and it was driving me insane she has a big scene where she's crying. And also, you know, she's been captured for, in you know, for a few days. So she's been sleeping there. So, But no, her makeup is flawless. Her lipstick, like she just applied. Again, a very obvious mistake and a very, very silly one. But it really took me out of it. Um, and I think also that I really didn't appreciate how the girls were kind of stripped down to their bras and panties and left like that for the rest of the movie i i honestly I found that really sexist and just really poorly done and you know those are teenagers it was just stupid and trust me i'm i'm probably listen i'm probably one of the most open minded people you'll ever meet so my comment really is not based on oh they show too much skin but it's more based on the fact that it was gratuitous and it was it was just really inappropriate it it kind of bothered me to see those teenagers girls just like that, the whole movie—it's kind of you know the old-fashioned combo of teenagers and thrills. It's just very 80s, and it, right now it's just boring. It's unnecessary, nothing new, um, and you know we should be better than that right now making movies. But moving along with the movie again, there are there were plenty of scenes very poorly written. Um, the big moment towards the end and again spoilers here where uh, Casey finds the keys to escape and you know it's it, it's a big bunch of keys and she stops trying them in the lock for I, I don't, we don't know what kind of reason but instead she starts looking around in the room until she of course finds a note left by the psychiatrist saying just say his real name look at that just perfect timing I thought it was so poorly written really atrocious there so uh, of course when he comes in the, again this is towards the end of the movie he's completely transformed into another um, I'm going to say personality but it's it's sort of like this beast and uh, so she says his name and that's what makes him snap out of it um, he doesn't remember what happened, he doesn't know what's going on but again later on when he comes back, when the beast comes back um, she doesn't say his name anymore. So now, if that was me, I would just keep yelling his name, because it was the only thing to bring him back. So, again, very poorly written, very poorly thought out. Um, and it was it was just another thing that... that um, it just didn't work. Um, and, you know, another thing that actually kind of bothered me, the movie was based, obviously, on this man with multiple personalities, but... All of a sudden it takes this turn and he's transformed, as I was saying, into this creature with like supernatural strength, and that bothered me because all of a sudden it takes away from the seriousness of the actual mental illness. If you know, if it was part of the movie from the very beginning, I would have probably accepted it more um but it was towards the end the transformation just it it didn't make sense like she he couldn't die like she would shoot him he, you know he, he wouldn't get hurt um and then you have the very last scene i won't give it away in case you're sadistic enough to go see the movie but really not worth it not even a little bit nope the movie wasn't scary not even once it was all over the place with a very weak script just too many technical mistakes for me. Um, Kara felt the same, so I do want to share that as well. <laughs> uh, my final vote, uh, two gummy bears, one for McAvoy and one for Betty Buckley. And it's a never again for me <laughs> for one of his movies. No, 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 never again. But, you know, done it. That's it. Uh, but I did redeem myself a little bit. I cleansed my palate because I... I went ahead and I was wearing my binge washing pants this past week and I saw a couple of series. I watched Sneaky Pete on Amazon and I really I enjoyed it. It's um it's the story of this con artist who he's finally getting out of prison after a few years there and he actually he ended up there because he was running away from a gangster and uh so now that he's getting out, he's still on the run because uh, the gangster is still looking for him. So he decided to take the identity of his cellmate who's still stuck in jail. Uh, Pete is played by the wonderful Giovanni Ribisi. And uh, the show was created by Brian Cranston and David, David Shore. And Cranston also plays the the mean gangster who wants you know to get revenge. Um, I really don't want to give away too much, so I'm, I'm not really talk about the story, because it's really well intertwined, and I don't want to spoil it for you guys. It's a very easy show to watch. It never felt heavy. It was fun to just binge watch it. It moves fast. Um, some of the acting is really lovely to watch. I do want to mention uh, Peter Garretty and uh, Margot Martinge- Mar- Martindale, uh, who play Otto and Audrey, Pete's grandparents. And they do such a lovely job. You might not recognize the names, but you know their faces. Um, they're just wonderful actors. I couldn't remember his name, so but his face is very, very rec- well recognizable. Um, they're very realistic. It's fun to see them in, in such different roles from other things that they've done. I have to say, the weakest one for me was probably Cranston. And it hurts me to say this, but... Um, And I was actually talking to Tom the other day, and I mentioned it to him how much I loved Cranston in Breaking Bad. That was, you know, his career role. But after that, I got to say, I haven't really seen him in something that made me say, oh, he was great in that. Um, He's very theatrical, and he reads a bit off on screen for me. And Tom was agreeing with me, so I felt good about myself after talking with Tom of course so if you need to send you know hate me I'll just send it to Tom as well but anyway um, I think I enjoyed Sneaky Pete because it wasn't just a intricate con artist series but it was also like the story about this very dysfunctional family uh, you have no idea at the beginning how twisted things are gonna get and it's a lot of fun to see them unfold um, the script moves well even though it's pretty intricate you never kind of feel lost it's easy to follow Giovanni Ribisi does a wonderful job with his character. He brings out the heart in him, um, even though what he's doing is bad. But that's the strength in him. It makes you know he makes you feel for his character, and that's you know of course when you get hooked. Uh, again, the, the show it feels light. It never went for a very dark twist, even though some scenes were pretty intense. Uh, so if you like crime shows, mystery shows. Dysfunctional family shows that are not your home videos. Um, this is for you. It's a fun, easy binge watch. I'm giving Sneaky Pete... Hmm, I'm going to go with seven and a half gummy bears. Let me know if you guys are going to watch it and how many gummy bears you're going to give to Sneaky Pete if you liked it. I also binge watched another show on Amazon. Z. The Beginning of Everything. The story of Zelda Fitzgerald. Uh, this wild and flamboyant southern belle who becomes the wife of uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald and uh, the show actually starts right when they meet Um, he's still unpublished she still lives with her family in the south Um, Zelda is played by Christina Ricci and I have to say she truly won me over she had this um, I don't know like a nonchalant way about her that makes her character like so free and wild and, and most of all like comfortable with herself and, and that's really who Zelda was. And that is not an easy role to play, but she, she does a, a lovely job. She's fabulous, darling. Um I also want to mention uh what's his name? David Hofflin who plays F. Scott Fitzgerald. He he does a good job in the role. He's charming, he's cocky, he's scared all at the same time. So there are different layers that I enjoy that. They also have wonderful chemistry together with Richie and they really support each other in the scenes. They're both very present. They both enhance the work of the other. Um, The show is easy to watch. Each episode is about uh, 30 minutes. It moves fast. Maybe some of my critiques go towards being a little repetitive sometimes. You know, the the wild party scenes sometimes feel a bit the same. Even though, I mean, we know that's the way it was, but it, it just felt like maybe I needed a couple of more deeper dialogue scenes, even during the party scenes. It was just a little too much. Uh, too, too repetitive a little bit. Uh, so my final vote for Z, the beginning of everything. Uh, I'm going with seven gummy bears. Also, there's a little warning here for you. You might all of a sudden have a very strong craving for champagne. So you might just want to watch the show with a glass nearby. They just drink all the time. It's either gin, it's champagne or something. So it might bring that out of you. It's cute. The show, it's cute. You. I feel like, I have to say, I feel like I haven't seen a series on Amazon yet that really blew me away. I saw some good ones, but they always feel like they're almost great. They're almost that good. But nothing even close to something like The Crown, Stranger Things, uh, Daredevil, House of Cards. So Netflix, you still have my heart. But nevertheless, they were enjoyable. They were very easy to watch. So if you're looking for like a quick, uh, easy binge watching, I would definitely recommend those two. They're fun. They're fun so now we gonna we as in me and you we're gonna talk about the Oscars because they're coming up very soon at the end of February and of course the nominations are out and uh, I'm gonna go through the categories not all of them because some actually didn't even see like short films and stuff like that but um, uh, I'm gonna give you the pick the, the, the pick that I think it's gonna win and also my pick the one that I would love to to see winning so let's dive into it and please feel free to play along with me here. Best Picture, the nominations are Arrival, Fences, Hexaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Now, I saw everything but Hell or High Water. I, I gotta catch that movie. Um, I know Tom adored that movie. I saw other people in the in our uh, Facebook um group mentioning it, how much they loved it so I really uh, I'm, I'm trying to catch it, I don't know why for some reason I missed it at the at the movie theater I think because the, the week uh, Tom went to see it, so he was like I'm gonna review this, and I was reviewing something else, and then one thing after another, just I never got around it, so, but I'll try to catch up, hopefully before the Oscars but anyway uh, my pick, and I think it should win Manchester by the Sea, it was the best movie of last year it was just all around it. Absolutely fantastic. I was actually talking to Tom. He finally got to see it. And he was like, that was one of the most amazing movies I've seen in a long time. He loved it too. Um, so I really, really hope Manchester by the Sea will win. But I think it's going to La La Land. So my pick, if we're doing a poll here, if you're doing like a little game, I think La La Land is going to win. But I, I, if it wins, Manchester by the sea, the sea is getting robbed really bad, really bad. Uh, Actor in a leading role, Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield, Hexo Ridge, Ryan Gosling, La La Land, Viggo Mortensen, Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington in Fences. Now, I think for this one, my pick and what is going to happen is the same. I'm going with Casey Affleck. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. He was great in it. Um Andrew Garfield, Hexel Ridge, no. Ryan Gosling, La La Land, it was not an, an Oscar-winning performance. Uh Viggo Morton's Captain Fantastic, he did a good job. I still think Casey Affleck was better. Denzel Washington in Fences, he was outstanding. So the other strong contender for me would be Denzel Washington. Um I'm probably still going with Casey Affleck also because I enjoyed the movie overall way more than I enjoyed Fences, but... um Denzel might take it. I mean, he took the the SAG award uh, last weekend, so we'll see. But I think it's going to Casey. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Actress in a leading role, Isabelle Huppert in Elle, Ruth Nega in Loving, Natalie Poorman in Jackie, Emma Stone in La La Land, and Meryl Streep in Florence Foster Jenkins. Now, I saw every... uh, No, 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 actually. I I didn't see Elle, Isabelle Huppert, and Meryl Streep in Florence uh, Foster Jenkins. Now, Isabelle Huppert has a a pretty good chance of winning. She won the Golden Globe already for this one. But I think it's going to go... Whew, I think it's going to go to Emma Stone in La La Land. But I think uh, Natalie Portman should win. Because I thought she was absolutely fantastic in Jackie. She did such a great job. And I don't think it's, she's going to win. She hasn't won. I've, I was surprised that she didn't win the Sega Award and um, or the Golden Globe. But... Um, I don't think jackie got that much of attention it kind of i know it was playing in like in the independent movie theater that i had near my house not in the main one so i don't know how many people actually saw jackie um so i think it's going to emma stone but i would love i'm rooting for natalie come on natalie we'll see now we have actor in a supporting role we have Mahershala Ali in Moonlight Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water Lucas Edges in Manchester by the, by the Sea Dev Patel in Lion and Michael Shannon in Nocturnal Animals I'm pretty sure it's gonna go to Mahershala Ali in Moonlight um again okay, I love his work I think he's a lovely actor I didn't think that was a uh Oscar performance he's in a just at the very beginning of the movie it's not that much of a juicy role I have to say. I actually find his role in House of Cards way more complicated and interesting to me than uh, the one he had in Moonlight. So um but I think it's going to go to him. I mean there's a lot of buzz around him. He just won the SAG award. So but my pick and again, I didn't see Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water, and I love him usually. But my pick out of those would be Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the Sea. I thought he did a lovely job. It was a tough role. He's a young actor, kind teenager-y kind of thing. Um, kind of thing. And uh, I would love for him to win. I don't think he's going to get it. I think he's going to Mahershala Ali. We'll see. Now, actress in a supporting role. We have Viola Davis in Fences, Naomi Harris in Moonlight, Nicole Kidman in Lion, Octavia Spencer in Hidden Figures, and Michelle Williams in Manchester by the Sea. Very strong category. Um, saw all the movies. enjoy them all. And uh, pretty sure it's going to go to Viola Davis in Fences. And she deserves it because, again... There's nothing she can do wrong. That woman, I adore her beyond recognition. So I think it's gonna go to her, and, and I'm very happy, very very happy that, that to see her win. I'm still rooting also for Naomi Harris in Moonlight because I thought she she did a lovely job there, and and I'm I'm just really happy that she was recognized. But um, so I'm still kind of rooting for her. But Viola Davis winning it would make me very very happy, and I think it's gonna happen. <laughs> And then we have animated feature film, Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life is a Zucchini, The Red Turtle, and Zootopia. Now, if you've been listening to me here, you know, chatting the day away with you guys, you know how much I adored Kubo and the Two Strings. It was one of my favorite movies from last year. I actually just bought the the Blu-ray. I was a... a, a Target the other day, and I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm buying this." <laughs> Actually, I want to watch it again because it's such a great movie. Um, I enjoyed Moana. I thought it was it was a cute movie. I didn't see My Life as a Zucchini, even though the title sounds delicious. The Red Turtle, I didn't see. I saw I saw Zootopia. Did not like Zootopia, uh, but I think Zootopia is gonna win. Uh, I don't think it deserves it but I think it's going to Zootopia but I'm really really rooting for Kubo and the two strings hopefully miracles can happen right I have to believe people especially right now uh, cinematography we have Arrival La La Land Lion Moonlight and Silence I did not see Silence. I actually wanted to see it. And it was like, I think it was in my movie theater for like a day. It was just, it, it came and went. It was really fast. And it was like there's such such a big buzz about it. But hopefully I'll be able to catch it somewhere. But anyway, I saw everything else. This is a tough one. A tough one. I think it's it might go to La La Land or Arrival maybe. But I think Lion deserves it. And I remember doing the the review of Lion and talking about the cinematography specifically because it was just, it was really well done. It just, it captured the essence of the place. Like when they were in India, you could always, almost like feel the heat and, and, and the smells. And it, it was, it, it was really well done. So I would love to see Lion recognized for the cinematography, but I think it's going to not end. We'll see. Costume design. We have Allied. Uh fantastic beasts. And where to find them? Florence Foster Jenkins, Jackie, and La, La Land. Uh, I didn't see Allied and Florence Foster Jenkins. I saw everything else. Um Costume Design. Oh my god, I cannot go to La, La Land for costume design. That was not uh they did good, but it wasn't like an Oscar costume design category. <laughs> I think I'm going with the fantastic beasts and where to find them. It look like you know more intricate. Um, they deserve it. Did not like the movie but I think they deserve for the for the clothes. <laughs> and then we have directing a category that interests me quite a lot. We have Arrival, Hexa Ridge, what? La La Land, Manchester by the Sea and Moonlight. Saw them all Hex Ridge it was oh, no <laughs> no the directing was terrible in that movie and the movie was terrible too um as you, i'm sure you've heard my review and if you haven't you can uh, listen to i think it's two episodes ago um you can find all our podcasts at uh, the, state, the the stage door podcast.com but anyway um uh, for best directing it has to go to Manchester by the Sea it won't go to Manchester by the sea, but it should go to Manchester by the sea because it was so well done. It was so well done. I'm pretty sure it's going to go to La La Land. And uh, I don't think it deserves it. Uh, I I just don't think that movie was just this big thing. Um, And it's interesting because I've been talking to more and more people that saw it recently and everybody was like, eh. (laughs) It was was okay. It was nothing, you know. Um, I think also there was such... Such a buzz around the movie that maybe and and I felt that because when I went to see it, everybody was like, "Oh my God, this movie is amazing!" So I was expecting like something incredible, and I was like, "Oh, this is it." So maybe also that's that's that that's why I always try to go see the movies as soon as they come out before being influenced by all the the chattering around. But anyway, I think it's gonna go into La La Land, but I'm rooting very strongly for Manchester by the Sea. We will see. Uh, I'm going to skip the documentary feature and shorts uh, category because I didn't see any of this. And uh, yeah, that's not good. The shorts I didn't see. The, the, the documentary features, they have Fire at Sea, I Am Not Your Negro, Life Animated, OJ Made in America, and 13. But I haven't seen any of this. I can't believe it. 13, I think it's on uh, Netflix. So I have to catch it because everybody was saying it was incredible. Um, in the shorts, we have Extremis. 4.1 Miles, Joe's Violin, Watani, My Homeland, and The White Helmets. Again, I didn't see any of those. So good luck to everybody. Let the best one win. We then have film editing. Arrival, Hexo Bridge, Hell or High Water, La La Land, Moonlight. Probably gonna go to La La Land. Um, but I'm going with the Arrival. I think it deserves for editing. I thought it was very well patched together. So... We'll see. Hexo Ridge. No, the editing. No, no. (laughs) Moonlight, the editing was actually kind of nice for Moonlight. So, that would be another nice pick. Foreign language film. I didn't see any of this. So, good luck, everybody. Uh, Makeup and hairstyling. Oh, by the way, if you you just want to know, for foreign language film, we have Land of Mine, A Man Called Ove, The Salesman, Tana, and Tony Erdman. Didn't see any of those. So, again... uh, Good luck, good luck. We have then makeup and hairstyling. A Man Called Ove again, Star Trek Beyond, and Suicide Squad. What? Um. And I didn't hate the movie as much as everybody else did. It, it was not a good movie, but it wasn't atrocious. There was, there was, was like, Batman vs. Superman was much, much worse than Suicide Squad for me. But anyway, I only saw that one, so I can't really... Uh, make my pick for this one. Maybe we'll go to Suicide Squad. I'm, I'm definitely the makeup and it was more intricate than probably the other two. Well, no, Star Trek Beyond, they also have a lot of makeup. So, I don't know. I think it's between Star Trek and Suicide Squad. Let the best one win. Uh, music, original score. No shocker here, I'm sure. Jackie, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight, Passengers. It's gonna go to La La Land. So, and then The score was lovely. So I'm happy to see La La Land win for that. Original song. We have "Audition," the Fools Who Dream from La La Land. Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls. Mm -hmm. City of Stars from La La Land. The Empty Chair from Jim, The James Foley Story. And How Far I'll Go from Moana. My pick, and I think also the song that's going to win, is City of Stars from La La Land. It's a lovely song um I enjoyed that from the movie and I think it's I think it's going to take uh Uncle Oscar home we'll see then we have production design we have Arrival Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Hail Caesar La La Land and Passengers Ah, uh, this was hard I don't know I don't think it's going to go to La La Land this one in my go I think it's between Arrival and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them in my go to Arrival uh, I'm rooting for Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Again, didn't really care for the movie, but the technical side was well done. Short film animated. I didn't see you guys. We have Blind Vaisha. <laughs> Borrow Time. Pier- pear Cider and Cigarettes. Pearl and Piper. <laughs> those are three different movies, but they all start with I P. I um, haven't seen any of those, so just... Just good luck. I'm, I'm just gonna root for Pear Cider and Cigarettes because I like the title. And then short film live action Enemies Interieurs, La Femme et les TGV Silent Nights Sing and Time Code. Didn't see any of those, and I'm just gonna say Silent Nights is gonna win. <laughs> Total random pick. Sound editing We have Arrival. Deepwater Horizon, Hexo Ridge, La Land and Sally. Interesting. I I went with Arrival rival for sound editing. I think it was it, it was well done. Uh Sally, I don't think I don't know. I d I didn't think it, it was an Oscar sound editing. Um Hexo Ridge, it's a no La La Land, it might go, but I think it's Arrival. I'm sticking with Arrival. And then you have Sound Mixing. Usually we'll go to the same movie. We have Arrival, Hexo Ridge, La La Land, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. It might go to Arrival, if sound editing also go to Arrival. Um, The nerd in me just wants to say Rogue One, A Star Wars Story just because I just want to hear, and the Oscar goes to A Star Wars Story. But that's just the nerd in me. Uh, Visual effects. We have Deepwater Horizon, Doctor Strange, The Jungle Book, Kubo and the Two Strings, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. I think this is a pretty strong category for visual effects. Uh, I didn't see Deepwater Horizon, but I saw everything else. I have to say, I'm kind of torn with this one. And I would probably be happy with any of those. Um, But Deepwater Horizon... Um, I think Doctor Strange had some incredible visual effects, so I I would love Doctor Strange to win, but I thought the Jungle Book looked outstanding as well, so uh, I don't know, it's a tough one and Rogue One was fun Kubo and the Two Strings, you just heard me saying how much I loved it I, I think it's going to go to Doctor Strange I'm rooting for Doctor Strange but I'm secretly rooting for anybody else in this category, so a- anybody in this category is going to make me happy and if I'm happy, everybody's happy. Uh, writing, adaptive screenplay. We have Arrival, Fancy's Hidden Figures, Lion, and Moonlight. I'm going with Hidden Figures because I think this movie, first of all, deserves way more um, Oscars than the ones that it got. Way more than La La Land. It's a fantastic movie. Beautiful story. Very well acted. Very well produced. Um, so I really, really hope they get at least the the screenplay for it and then writing original screenplay, Hell or High Water, La La Land, The Lobster, Manchester by the Sea, 20th Century Women. It's going to La La Land for sure, this one. Um, But again, Manchester by the Sea is going to get robbed because it deserves for original screenplay. That screenplay was flawless. It was so well-structured. Um, the dialogue is priceless you find yourself laughing and 2 seconds later la- uh, crying very touching um the pace was perfect it was you know a couple of hours long and you when it ends you're like oh i want to see more it just it was it was price. Really fantastic, fantastic job. But I think it's going to go to La La Land. So, we'll see, we'll see, people. What are your picks? I want to hear, what, are, what do you pick for best picture? Have you seen all those movies? Go support the movies. Go watch the movies, people. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'll put something on uh, on our Facebook uh, secret group. If you want to find this, Is you know, facebook.com slash group slash the stage door podcast, something like that, look for a group, look for the stage door podcast. you'll find us and last but not least, it's in your hands, people, right now, because we're moving on to reviews from the pews, so you guys were kind enough again this uh this week to write down um a few reviews of things that you've been watching, and um it makes me happy to read all your the things that you guys are watching. It's beautiful to see that you're supporting the arts. The arts are keeping you happy in those very dark times. So, um, and as I always say, you know, your reviews are for whatever you watch that week. If it's something that you watch on TV, if it's a new movie, an old movie, if it's um, a new TV show, an old TV show, if you listen to some new music, I just want to hear something that you... Enjoyed and you want to share it. So it's it's a way for people to connect to it. Uh, you might inspire somebody else. So just keep that in mind. So we're going to start with, let me see who we have here, Marco Talotta. Hi, heroic Maria and Tom. Today I have some words about what I consider the best incipit from a comic book. Oh, that's right. Comic books. Perfect. I, You know how much I love my comics. So um, absolutely, we can talk comics here. I have my nerdy glasses on and ready to go alright uh, so Marco says but before jumping into it here's a brief introduction to better understand where I'm coming from I've read a lot a lot is all caps a lot of comics in my life in fact I learned how to read thanks to Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. Oh, that's beautiful I maniacally absorbed and collected comics for decades I attended a comic sc- uh, screenwriting school what? How, how did I not know about this? And I'm still going in that direction and with the same enthusiasm. Comic books are one of the best ways to uh, fly on the wings of imagination. I agree, Marco, 100%. Now, getting back to our topic, not only I consider Watchmen by Alan Moore and Dave Gibson to be the Bible of comics, but I also believe that Determined Rorschach is one of the most tridimensional and deep characters ever conceived. Very nice pick, Marco and his dry and cynical words open the book and masterfully set the tone for all the events to follow. Here's his voice over while his shabby and maskless silhouette walks on a sidewalk that is covered in blood. <clears throat> okay, okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Roshak's Journal. October 12, 1985. Dog carcass in alley this morning. Tire thread on burst stomach. The city's afraid of me. I have seen its true face. The streets are extended gutter, and the gutters are full of blood. And were. when the drains finally scab over, all the vermin will drown. The accumulated filth of all their sex and murder will foam up about their waists, and all the whores and politician will look, look up and shout, Save us! And I'll look down and say, No. I really wish Tom would have done that. Um, These words and this new and crude way of looking at heroes while in their absolute decline changed the industry forever. Alan Moore showed to the world what happens when superheroes quit, when they're done, broken, old, or fat, or homeless. Watchmen and its insipid exploded in my life. With the power of a supernova, <laughs> I love it. Nobody else has ever touched such high picks. Well, except for Frank Miller, but that's another story. Marco, Marco, my my nerd antennas are just tingling right now. Um, what can I say? Yes, yes, and more yeses. I uh, yeah, I was about for you. To, I was waiting for you to talk about Frank Miller. Of course, The Dark Knight by Frank Miller. I consider it one of the most amazing um, comic books. Of course, the first one, everything after it's it's i know um but the first one was absolutely brilliant and and i agree with you marco like to see those superheroes kind of in a more human way when time has passed for them when they got fat they got old they have aches and pains and bruises on their skin and in their hearts it's just to me it's just fascinating i've always been way more interested in characters that are broken and and tormented because they have a story, and I want to hear the story, and I want to, uh, I want to tell the story. So, I understand what you're saying, and it's it's, um, yeah, it's perfect. I think yesterday we were, I I was chatting with with Mark on uh, on Facebook about new comics. So, um, definitely contact him on Facebook if you if you're a nerd. You're going to love Marco, that's for sure. Uh, Then we have another couple of reviews. We have Alessandra Binucci. She says, she's asking, Has anyone already watched The Young Pope? Anybody? Did you guys watch it? I haven't. Uh, She says, I unexpectedly enjoyed the first two episodes. Sorrentino's script is powerful and Jude Law is quite menacing and intriguing. It's very well written. On one hand... The Vatican, the Vatican and this young Pope are su- surprisingly plausible. On the other, the plot seems unpredictable. You think you know what's going on, but you don't, and it gives you the appetite for more. Very interesting, Alessandra. I've heard other people talking about <coughs> the show, and they were telling me, you have to see it, you have to see it, so it's actually on my... Uh, to watch list. I have a, I, People have a to-do list. I have a to watch list. So it's on my to watch list. Hopefully, I'll start it. Maybe tonight. Maybe, you know, when I finish this, maybe I'll go watch the first one because I feel like I need to watch something else. So maybe I'll do that. And then we have Martin Shergold. Shergold um, I, Moja. as known from everybody on the internet as Moja. I just, I can't even... That's, that's the way you always be for me, Martin. You're, you're Moja. Um, uh, he says, I've watched the complete season of The Young Pope here in the UK, and it was so worth it. So it's big capital letters. Sorrentino paces and paints each episode so well, making sure you're hooked and wanting to see um, where and how far the plot will go. It does not disappoint. Jude Law, in my opinion, was an excellent choice to play the vain, vi- the, the villain, the vain and calculated, yet unpredictable, newly elected young pope. In each episode, we are left unsure as to what will happen next. An honorable mention, too, for Diane Keaton. I, I didn't know she was in it. I didn't remember that. A sister Mary, wearing a top that read, uh, I'm a virgin, but this is an old teacher <laughs> oh that's funny the top says I'm a virgin but this is an old t-shirt that's great Uh, Martin says got me such wonderful humor I agree Martin you got me giggle Uh, Maria and Tom powerful performances and great directing from Paolo Sorrentino makes the young Pope a 9 out of 10 gummy bears TV series for me couple of emojis happy smiling enjoy the ride folks Wow Martin, so you really love it. Nine Gummy Bears. That's a pretty up that's up there. I like I gotta watch it now. Now I feel the pressure, you see. Now I'm terrified that I'm gonna have one of those moments like split. Like everybody's like, Oh you have to watch split, such a great movie, and I want to kill myself. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be the case in this with this one. I've never been a very big fan of Jude Law, so that's I think what's been turning me off um for the show. But um Martin, you got me with the Diane Keaton, the I'm a Virgin, but there's an old t shirt. Uh, top <laughs> I think uh, that that really uh, intrigued me alessandra again your your words made me want to watch the the show, so thank you guys definitely. Um, so again, it was a lovely chatting with you as always, and uh, as always, you can find uh, everything about us at thestagedoorpodcast.com. Facebook, we have our page, the Stage Door Podcast, and of course also our secret group at the Stage Door Podcast. Twitter, we are the Stage Door Pod. You can listen to every single episode that we have on Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. You can leave us a lovely review there. And um, what am I missing? Oh. How can I forget? I'm supposed to thank the one and only Reiki, DJ Technoid um, for the intro and outro of the show. You can find him on SoundCloud at DJ Technoid-3 or um, Facebook and Twitter, DJ Technoid. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, thank you very much. I'm actually checking right now on my phone if we do... Uh, let me see, let me see... What am I looking at? Uh, no, no, perfect. No, nothing. Don't, don't mind me, guys. I'm just, you know, checking things that I shouldn't be checking while doing the podcast. <laughs> but I'm still here. Anyway, it was fun chatting with you guys. Um, we will chat again next week. Maybe I'm, I'm off to, to watch The Young Pope. Hopefully I'll have it down for the next podcast. Anyway, always a pleasure. Be good. It's a wrap.